Cut the Crest presents The Screening Room On November 12, 2018, the man behind incredible characters such as uh, Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, The X-Men, uh, Daredevil, to name literally only a few, passed away at the age of 95. Um, his legacy is immeasurable and his influence on generations was massive. I'm joined today by James Lundy, the mind behind Edinburgh Comic Con, and Koshas with a C, Koreshkos, uh, the international guest coordinator for Athens Con. Evening, gents. Evening. Evening. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining me tonight. So you're most welcome. <laughs> so um, you know, I over the years, uh, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of you know celebrities and I've been fortunate to work with some of them um, and I've almost always got a story surrounding these guys and my Stan Lee story is that I don't actually have one um, his last show that he did in England in London uh, I didn't buy the tickets I, I was I was a bit of a comic-con sort of uh, virgin as it were so I didn't quite understand what the process was and I thought actually do you know what I can just show up I don't need to buy the ticket I can just see him you know because I don't want to get the photo up and all that stuff I just want to see him and um, as it turns out I went up to the security dude because Stanley was in a in a tent you know sort of slightly uh, masked away from uh, the masses and we were all given these raffle tickets and my understanding was that he was only going to see about 300 people. And I got my raffle ticket thing, and it literally said like 2,400 and something or other. And I, and I looked at the, uh, the security guard, and I, and I just held this ticket up and said, there's no freaking chance, is there? And he goes, my friend, I'm really sorry, but most likely not. You chaps, on the other hand, um, you do have some history with the man. Uh, James, do you want to start us off? Do you want to tell us what is your Stanley story or stories? Well, I mean, got a lifelong history with them. Because mm. I think Marvel Comics were really the first comic books which I started reading. Yeah. Um, although initially it was just just the stories and the, the superheroes and the brightness, and I was oblivious. Yeah. Really to the people behind the stories, whether it be the artists, the writers, you know, the yeah. creators, who actually created um, the characters and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, and that went on for a little bit when I was younger. And then uh, things, you start to become more aware yeah. of the creative process behind everything. And, you know, like, how there was, there was, there was books. I'm trying to remember the, the the first books which I I read. Yeah. Obviously, how to draw comics the Marvel way. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Um, bring on the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, there was these books. Then uh, so you, be, you start to see the names: Stan yeah. Lee, 
And to begin with, when I started to get my hands, because at that time I stayed in Dumfries, getting your hands yeah. on American comic books was pretty difficult. You had yeah. to go and search out all the news agents yeah. and then get a hold of them. Yeah. And... No, but there's a wall. There's a way. Yeah, so yeah. you persevere, and you keep getting them, and then you start to notice the, the, the like the the letters pages and the, the comics. Yeah. And um, what had actually happened was my big older brother, my older brother. It's my big brother, but I'm big taller than that. <laughs> uh, my older brother, his best friend, and who became his best man at his wedding. Yeah. He noticed that I had a like an. I love for the comics. He saw me reading them when he yeah. came past, and he was like, "Oh, you like comic books?" I was like, "Aye." So it was like brilliant. And the next time he came down, he gave me this big black bag, boomph, and it was full of Marvel comics. Oh my god! I, I kid wow. you not. I mean, we had there was there was there was there was uncanny X Men books. There was. Um, let me think what was on there. There was Champions. Um, there was um, Black Goliath at the time, which yeah. you know Bill Foster. There was, I mean, there was every, there was there was so much Ghost Rider. I think there was there was Ghost Rider. Aye, well, no, it was Ghost Rider and the Champions at the time. Yeah. I, I mean, there was just so many there. Bam, 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 and I read them from cover to cover, and actually. <laughs> Oh, Creaky, what, what was issue number again? This is going to kill me. <laughs> it was the issues of first the when he's in the pawn shop. I don't know. Oh, um, I'll come. I'll probably come. I just I'll come in. It yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, that was in amongst them. There's all these like d- different issues and yeah. no. Some of them are uh, dollars covers. Some of them were pence covers because at the time, when you know there was the you're getting the UK reprints of yeah. American comics, so some of them were pence issues. Yeah. Uh, so, but then you got the later pages and everything along those lines, and yeah. So you start to you start to see who Stan Lee is, you know, yeah. and you're like, enough said, and you know, you start to I start to get an understanding of you know was always to begin with I was like. What's a no prize? Literally, what is a no prize? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, and I never myself found found the need to write a letter. Right. Uh, like the comics, and um, hindsight being twenty twenty, I tell you what, I've seen one or two of these no prizes. Yeah. They're just letters. They're yeah, just yeah. letters for Star but but you know when you see them famed, they're beautiful. You know, yeah. especially for for lifelong fan, you're like, wow. Um, so I mean that that, that was basically starting. I'm, I'm probably I'm going to ramble because you know <laughs> that's okay. There's I was probably start, I got to get an understanding of who Stan was, and then yeah, you start to. See more about them as you get older. The we have a face, so um, you know things. Media become more available to you. Yeah, there was no internet back then. Yeah, yeah. So 
you know, youngsters these days they can have an almost an answer almost instantly to yeah. you know what queries they have. Yeah. Whereas for my, for myself, it was almost like a uh, you know climbing, you know some Tibetan mountain, <laughs> we'll see some kung fu master, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you started to develop it, develop it, and you know, I've never ever ever thought to myself I'd ever meet him. I always wanted to. Yeah. Always, because the more you got to know, the more the more you learn, you got you, you know, it's like, oh, it'd be really nice then. Yeah. Because I used to go to conventions quite a lot. Right. And then I stopped for a while, and then I think I might start going back again. Um, I was Paul off non Kapal. So when when was this happening? Like uh, when did you when did you first start going to conventions? When did I? Start going back to cons. Yeah, well, like in the beginning, like what was your first convention? When did you first um, uh, go to one? I started going back to conventions about the start of this decade, about two thousand and eleven. Okay. Um, we went to Fuscapal. I remember it vividly because we were standing and the news about LFCC had broke. Yeah. And I was standing in a queue. Yeah. Uh, Forbidden Planet in London. Yeah. Wait to see Scott Snyder and Jock. Oh, nice. Okay. And I was speaking to some of the team who used to be in the Comics Anonymous team. Yeah. Um, it's just Gary Watson at the moment. Yeah. But there was I had about four different members at the time, so I was I was blethering away chatting to them. Yeah. Um. And then he says, are you thinking about going to ALSCC? And I was like, well, quite possibly we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Stan had been announced at that time. Okay. So I was swaying towards it. Yeah. You know, swaying, oh, I think I was, but, but I thought myself, let's just take one step at a time. Yeah. And then I Stanley got announced. But as, as Stanley got announced, yeah. I had got wind of before the a private meet and greet in his hotel before because I was going down there because I, I I published like issue on a wired so I was like and that's your comic book just in case yes. people aren't aware uh, James has written a book uh, and it's called Wired and it's fantastic please do check it oh, out thank you um well with that I just thought I'll go and I'll sell this hmm. so I was going down as a trader that's what I decided I was going right. down as a trader. That's okay. what I'm just trying to remember, trying to remember yeah. to begin with. So I thought, I'll go down as a trader to begin with. Yeah. And then Stan got announced, but just as he's got announced, I've got uh, a few messages, I think. Yeah. And one of them was speaking about this private meet and greet. Yeah. Uh, would I like to go? I was <laughs> just like, yes. yes. Oh my God. That's amazing. You know, I didn't care how much it was. To be yeah. honest with you. I was just like, I'm there. I'm already there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I found out the price and I, I paid it. And oh, wow. um, it was because LSCC had the, the the VIP private meet and greet as well. Right. You know, and um, it was, from what I like to believe, it was brilliant. But the one in the hotel room was slightly different because that was, they done it through, at the time, it was Desert Wind. What's that, uh, like Chandler Rice, he owns the Desert Wind Comics. Okay. And he done the CGC stuff for the first LSCC. Okay. You know, before CGC, well, CGC 
started coming over the, themselves. Right. But at, and this is before because they've got a London office now. But they're back in the back at back at the first LACC. Yes. Um, Chandler Rice had organised it, so we all went up in the hotel room. Yeah. And well, actually, we met in the bar beforehand, and they got chatting to each other. I knew I didn't know a single one of them. Right. No. But there's this com- common, you know, yeah. you know, love yeah. between us. So the conversation just started flowing. Yeah. And next thing you know, vumpf, we were way up to the hotel room. So we're sitting in there and Stan walks in. <laughs> and I was like, that? No. Oh my god. Just cash, right? Just like I, walks in. I mean, oh my god. Not a lot of things in life bother me, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, yeah. I, I found that I've I come, I found that as I get older, yeah. the one thing that really stresses me is my kids. That's the <laughs> one thing. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing I, I, I've loved quite a carefree, light, like very fearless sort yeah. of thing, but. Um, but if Stan's walked in, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, uh, did I shake his hand? Did I no shake his hand? Because yeah. yeah, I was the first point of contact, and I'm like, oh. Uh. <laughs> and then, but then, that just dissipated. It just right. it just went away. And he's, as he's come, and he's sitting there in the room, and he's talking to us all, and he's giving us our stories and everything. And yeah. It was just... It was it was almost as if you knew him all your life, and you did know him all your life. Yeah, we grew up with him, right? Exactly. With him. You know, and like like I said before, it was like a voyage of discovery, the climbing the Tibetan mountain to see the, yeah. the wise master sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's what it was. This was it. I was sitting here, and here he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's going to bestow all the secrets of the universe to me. Well, his universe, you know. Yeah. And we were chatting away, and you know. Stan, this you know this you know how they say, don't meet your heroes. Mm. Now I'm going to tell you, your life's too short. Go and meet your heroes because mm. not only yeah. did he live up to all the expectations, he exceeded them. Yeah, he's a proper gentleman. Um, he reminds me of a, a better man than me. I yeah. think he reminds me of a he reminds me of a time gone past where. He could articulate himself. Um, I'll give you an example. Mm. He could articulate himself and speak to you and put his point across, and there would never ever be the slightest hint of profanity, yeah. or you know, just proper communication. And yeah. you know, for, for loving the money, Claire, my wife Claire sometimes tells me, "Stop swearing." And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Darling, you're right. I'll yeah. agree with you. I'm really sorry. She says, "I no in front of me, no in front of the kids." And I'm like, yeah. "Okay." Yeah. But you know, I, I know for a fact that the man would have been more than capable of doing it. But just when you met him, you're like, "You're proper gent." And so to get to the point was because I, I put this story online. Yeah. A lot of people, because my accent, my Scots accent, sometimes mm. it gets it gets quite broad. Right. And when I was younger. I had a bit of speech impediment with my R's. Right. So as I get a bit excited, I get a bit talking, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm speaking to him. And he, he couldn't make it out. He mm. couldn't make out what I was saying to him. So 
he's got up out his chair and he's come over and he's sat right beside me. Wow. And he's blaming. He says, I'm, I'm getting on. It's my hearing. It's not what it used to be. And I'm like yeah. thinking to myself, you had no problem hearing what everybody else in the room said to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that, but, I knew. It put me at ease. It was, yeah. it was just... It, it was, it was a, the, there was a genuine strength to the man's kindness for my yeah. personal experience. Yeah. He, he was just the epitome of, of wholesomeness, you know. Uh, just everything that was sort of good and right, I suppose. Um, I guess uh, he was a grown man as well, you know, mm. so. Yeah, but he knew, uh, you know, he, it was evident to me at least that he knew that his his influence was far reaching but predominantly to children you know we, we discovered him and his work when we were kids and it it had informed us and and it, yeah the impression I get you know the stories I read and the or hear you know particularly you know exactly like what you just said James you know um, it just sounds like him to a T um, you know the fact that he, you know, he blamed. Yeah, he put he put the blame on himself. It's like uh, almost self-deprecating, saying, "No, no, mm -hmm. no, it's not you. It's it's me." You know, um, to spare one's feelings and stuff. It's just, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I wish more people were like that. To be honest, um, yeah. Um, okay, so I I want to. Yeah, that that's an incredible story. Um, did you meet him again? Did you ever get the chance to meet him again? I had the chance to go down to the LFCC show mm -hmm. um, when they came back and, and meet him again. Yeah. And I, I didn't take it at that time. Um, and I'm trying to remember what was going on. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about 2013 would have been the first time which yeah. I had done my own events. And yeah. then we moved like 2013, 2014 to conventions and stuff. Like that. Mm. So I think when they came back, I was... Pardon me. I was probably. I think James, it was too close to LSEC. It was very close, one show to the other. That's what it may have been. Yeah. Um, because was... I remember I didn't go myself too, because yeah. it was very close and I couldn't travel. Maybe that's why. Right. It was just months apart, something like that. See, yeah. Uh, LFCC is a different. It's a different type of animal. Hmm. The LSCC in terms of the signing things, or when you yeah. get to meet them and what have, and it would have been almost like when you go to the supermarket and you get a ticket and you're like no yes. serving customer such and such, which well, imagine that happened. Yeah, that's exactly what it was actually. I mean, that that was the show that I went to where I didn't get a chance to see him because they did give us each um, all these tickets, and uh, you know there was clearly no hope in hell of any of us in that crowd. Uh, to even yeah to to get anywhere near him but um yeah yeah that was that it was a busy show um let's move on to Costas Costas um yeah. so what was your what's your Stanley story what was your first sort of experience and and how you know how did you get into Marvel comics and I. As long as I remember myself, I was always reading a comic. Uh, it was either, uh, I think it was a British comic, uh, Bino, I think, uh, comic strips. 
Oh wow, Bino. The, okay. Yeah, it, we had it uh, translated in Greek. Okay. Uh, we had uh, Tarzan, uh, Joe Kubert's uh, and Russ Manning's Tarzan. Okay. Uh, I remember reading this kind of comics, but okay. my milestone is my first Spider-Man comic when I was eight years old. Okay. Uh, it was a smaller format than the American ones, and it had it usually had two or three stories. Okay. I remember my first. It was amazing. One forty-four, I think. And the last issue of uh, Secret Wars, the first okay. one. Oh, wow, yeah. Secret, I yeah. love Secret Wars. Oh, my God. And as James said, then there was no internet, no way to find out who all these heroes were, why Spider-Man on one story is red and blue, and the second is uh, black and white. Yeah. And that immediately captured me. Yeah. And much like James, I had a cousin that... When he saw me, I had just two issues, I think. Yeah. And he said, oh, you like uh, Spider-Man? And he gave me a pack of uh, Amazing Spider-Man comics in Greek, of course. Wow. But it was Amazing Fantasy number 15. Yeah. It was uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one, uh, number three. Wait, you had Amazing Fantasy number 15? No, it was in Greek. It was not the... Actual American comics. Back so then, it was a reprint? Yeah, in Greek. Okay, okay. But still, Jesus. Yeah, and back then, the I only knew Stan Lee as a name. Yeah. The Stan, Stan Lee Presents. And in my childish uh, mind, it became like a mythical figure who was the Stan Lee who presents everything. Uh, so growing up, uh, the format of the Greek Spider-Man changed, became more like the American one. Uh, there were articles about who was what, uh, who was a writer, who was an artist, who yeah, was spotlight what? on some some of them. So uh, I came to realize who Stanley actually was. So in my mind, I thought that no, I'm never gonna meet him. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. It was a fantasy yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, when the first uh, convention, convention, it was more like a festival here in Greece, okay. started back then, I had hopes that someone would bring him over. Right. Uh, not realizing the logistics behind this. <laughs> yeah, 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 not yeah. an easy task, uh, is it? Yeah, and uh, when I started... Uh, uh, inviting guests over for my friend's store. I had actually the uh, the thought that I might be the one who brings Stanley over to Greece. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, years after, I went to my first international show. It was the first Kapow. Okay. In London. Yeah. And the year after that, it was the first uh, London Super Comic Con. Okay. Which year was that? Yeah, I when think was it Kapow? was two, two, uh, 2014, I think. Oh, wow. So, so reasonably yeah. recent then. We're, yeah. not, we're not talking about 1980s or 90s here. No, 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 no. no. Back then, he was just a name for us uh, or yeah. a picture or two. 
yeah. nothing more. Yeah. And uh, at the second London Super Comic Con, I had already booked my tickets because uh, I knew the organizer. I wanted yeah. to support his convention. And mm. a few months prior to the con, yeah. the announcement was made that Stan Lee is coming to London Super Con. Oh, wow. It was... Uh, I I never blinked. I just mm. bought the ticket the yeah. same day. Oh wow! It was once in a lifetime. It was a chance that I couldn't miss. And actually, I bought two tickets: one for me and one for my wife. Yeah. Who who was coming with me? And oh, after, amazing! You will wait online <laughs> in the queue. Uh, with another a second comic, so I can get two signed comics from him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh yeah. my goodness. Uh, I already had, uh, by then, I had already two signed items from him. Oh, uh, wow, okay. A hardcover of uh, Stan's Soapbox oh, nice. from Hero Initiative. Yeah. And uh, CGC of uh, issue of Amazing Spider-Man number eight. Wow. Also one in, uh, from Hero Initiative from for charity. Okay. I, back then, I thought that I'm never gonna meet him. Yeah. So let's get these yeah. two items. Yeah. And it's for a good cause. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think it was the uh, exactly one year later than it was announced that he was coming to LSCC. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I um I it's a bit, God, it's a bit. I mean, it's kind of sad. Um, I was gonna say it's ironic, but there was a comic that I was um. Uh, looking at on eBay just a few days ago, I think it was on Saturday, and it was a Stanley signed piece, and um, you know, a signature was authentic. Yeah, the guy had the proof and everything, and it was starting pretty low. I forgot which comic it was now. It was an issue of Avengers, I think. Um, anyway, and uh, and I thought, okay, I'm I'll bid on it. I'll bid on it because you know, uh, you never know. He's 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 getting old now, and you know, I'd, I'd like to have a comic. I I miss my chance to meet him. I do have his autograph on a rather special piece, actually, which I'll talk about in a second. But um, I just thought, no, I want to, you know, I want a comic, you know, and um, and uh, and I lost out on it. And this thing sold for like twenty-seven pounds. I couldn't believe it. You know, it was so cheap. Uh, and then we got the news. What two days later? And you're like, oh man. But um, yeah, the piece I do have of his, that which has his signature, and it's got a a whole bunch of other people. Like uh, I think it's got Dicto and uh, John Romita and a few other names, all the big names. Uh, it's basically the uh, I think it's the it's the letters page of uh, Thor issue one six eight. It's either one six eight or one six three. So it's the original page. It's the original layout. And um, and it's got Stanley's auto hidden in there in, amongst all the words, so it's uh, it's pretty sweet. And what's cooler about that piece as well, what makes it even more special, is when you flip it over, there's a John Romita um, doodle on the back of Spider-Man. Oh. So yeah, so that's um, that's about as close it seems that I'm ever really gonna that that and my you know my ticket saying number two thousand four hundred and whatever it is. That's as close as I ever got to Stan Lee, unfortunately. Costas, when you so when you were in that queue, yeah, and uh, and you were getting closer and closer to the front to the table, 
uh, what was going through your mind? Like, how did, how did you feel? Can you remember? I was looking from afar. And I, I was thinking, I cannot believe I'm in the same room as yeah. Stanley. Yeah. I can't believe that I'm going to go face to face with him. Yeah. Well, it actually started way back when we went to the Excel uh, center. Mm-hmm. And the queue just to get into the convention yeah. was from one side of uh, the Excel center to the other. Anyone wow. who's been there can realize the the length of the queue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Excel center is massive. I mean, yeah. it is vast. I think the first uh, year it was toward not at the end of the exhibition center. Yeah. It was right after the middle, but still it was from the middle till the uh, the entrance. Yeah, that's still huge. That's still almost, I think, half a mile, right? I think, yeah. I heard last time I was in the Excel, I was, we were talking to um, some of the security guys because when you look down one of the corridors in the, where all the green rooms and all that stuff is, where the offices are, uh, the back of the house part, and this corridor just looks like it just goes on and on forever. And I'm yeah. sure he said that they, they measured it or something and it was almost a mile, not quite. So it's like, oh, my God. I mean, it, yeah. It was huge. Yeah. And uh, I, I, my wife didn't have experience on comics. She didn't know what yeah. comics were, why we were waiting so many hours. <laughs> How many hours did you wait? I think we waited about uh, well, an hour or so to get in. Okay. And uh, an hour or so to get things signed. Oh my goodness! Because yeah, it was um, divided to two days, yeah. and each day uh, Stan had two signings, right? One and a half hour and one hour in the yeah, afternoon. No time, really, is it? Yeah. If you didn't go at the designated times and yeah. you missed your signings on Saturday, for example, yeah. you couldn't go on Sunday to get your thing signed. Oh my God! Right. So it was just. It, it was a pressure to get there on time yeah and to avoid uh, capping the queue yeah and i remember it was one one item each okay it was a struggle trying to choose what to get signed yeah it was uh, but it was no contest for me it was going to be two spider-man issues yeah. nothing more yeah Nice. I uh, I rather naively took um, uh, I think about three or four comics. I've got um I've got some really old battered um, issues of I think I've got X Men number four and um, Fantastic Four. I think number six or sixteen. I don't know. It's a Mole Man issue, but I mean they're in bad shape. But I thought you know what they look they will look so beautiful if this guy just yeah if I get his order yeah. on it. Um, but yeah, I do, I don't have a problem with the uh, the quality mm. or the condition of, because I'm all about the comic. Yeah, it's a comic, it's a book. You have yeah. to read it. Exactly. That's why I'm I am not uh, a fan of CGC or yeah. any grading yeah. company. Yeah. Uh, and I have only that CGC issue because it was through Hero Initiative and the money would go to yeah the charity. Yeah, yeah. But 
uh, I wanted to go with Amazing Spider-Man number one, but yeah. I have it coverless and the cover was a recreation. So I oh, didn't I want the signature to be on a recreated piece what? of paper. When you say recreation, what do you mean? So somebody I else made it or? No, no, no. It's a photocopy of the original uh, book. Okay. But the, the interior is the, the original. original first printing, yeah. Okay. I oh, found right. it a very good price. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. Yeah, actually, if you search coverless uh, yeah. issues on eBay, there are way too many. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just read a couple of things as well, um, and I want us to just sort of have a little we can have a little chat about it. It's interesting that you just what you were saying, James, just now about the childhood hero thing um, and meeting your heroes. Mark Hamill wrote yesterday his contribution to pop culture was revolutionary and cannot be overstated. He was everything you hoped he would be and more. I love this man and will never stop missing him. They say you should never meet a childhood idol. They are wrong. Um, I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's, uh, so there's, um, I got a couple of, you know, James, you touched on the um, Stan soapbox stuff uh, and the letters pages and the um, you know the no prize stuff which incidentally if there's anybody at home listening who isn't necessarily familiar the no prize thing it was literally like a what is it like an a little sheet like an A5 sheet or something where it said congratulations this uh, hang on let me find a picture of it yeah it says congratulations this this envelope contains uh, like nothing it, it wasn't it something <laughs> like that Marvel <laughs> Comics no yeah. prize <laughs> And um, I think if you Google, though, I think there's a few people who've got, like, they've actually got Stanley's autograph on it, which is amazing. Um, Robert Menzies has got two. Your, so. Yours has? Robert Menzies, uh, Bob, oh. you know, he writes sometimes for uh, Back Issue magazine, and okay. it does, he's, he's got two. Oh, of, wow. Um, yeah, it's, That's incredible. Yeah, and, and you're right, they are beautiful. I mean, you, you think that they're just uh, a piece of paper with a bit of printing on, like, the left-hand side or whatever, but no, there there is something about them. Um, so, Costas, did you... Yeah. Um, so you, your your interaction with him was just that once, and it was just... Uh, it, was, it was brief? Yeah. It was quite yes, brief? Yes, it, it was quite brief, because I was uh, after the middle of the queue, so mm. it was... At the time I went in front of him, it was quite mechanical. Yeah. I remember myself trying to speak to him and thank him for everything, for coming. From, but it was a blur. It yeah. was just... Uh, uh, I think he heard me. Yeah. But uh, by, that, by that time he was quite tired. He wasn't so talkative as with the first uh, batch of... Uh, people that went for signing. Yeah. But still he had a smile on his face and yeah. he always seemed like he enjoyed what he was doing. Yeah. Of course it was a job for him. He made a lot of money out of it, but he it, it showed that he actually enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, why why would you continue so late into your life? Um, exactly. And, you know, and, and the fact that he hadn't, 
even stopped. I mean, I know after LFCC he said he wouldn't do any more international shows, but didn't he do something quite recently in in the US, like what a year yeah. ago or something? You know, he was still yeah, yeah. he was still going at it. Um, so yeah, like I said, I had a few Stan soapboxes that I wanted to read, um, but I don't think I'm going to um, partially because they deal with. I mean, they're they're relevant to our current state, really, um, the, the state of the world at the moment, where he talks about... It's interesting because it's this guy, We it's easy to forget that he, at one point, wanted to be a novelist, you know, a serious author, basically. Um, and it was just kind of like out of chance that he fell into this comic book thing just to, I guess, get by or whatever the story was. You know, his wife, um, uh, she she sort of encouraged him to just do it and and obviously the rest is history, um, but he used that sort of soapbox platform to address real issues, you know, about race and uh, and and government and things like that. Um, so there's, there, I, I was going to read a few, but I I'm not. I, there's just one which I'm going to read actually, um, and then we can have a little chat about it, I suppose. Um, if there is anything to say, if not, I cut it. Uh, so he wrote once, um, from time to time, we receive letters from readers who wonder why there's so much moralizing in our mags. They take great pains to point out that comics are supposed to be escapist reading and nothing more. But somehow, I can't see it that way. It seems to me that a story without a message, however subliminal, is like a man without a soul. In fact, even the most escapist literature of all, old-time fairy tales and heroic legends, contained moral and philosophical points of view. At every college campus where I may speak, there's as much discussion of war and peace, civil rights, and the so-called youth rebellion as there is of our Marvel mags, per se. None of us lives in a vacuum. None of us is untouched by the everyday events about us. Events which shape our stories just as they shape our lives. Sure, our tales can be called escapist, but just because something's for fun doesn't mean we have to blanket our brains while we read it. Excelsior, Stanley. Now, I really, I really love this because I often get the whole, oh, it's just a movie or it's just a TV show. And sure, you know, if you're going to be, if, if that's how you want to um, consume that medium, then that's your prerogative. But I imagine, uh, definitely for me, but I imagine, same for you guys, this stuff, it really informed who I was going to become. Uh, the, the, these are, a lot of these are morality tales. You know, take, I was, you know, Spider-Man was probably my go-to character. Um, and just that whole, you know, great power comes great responsibility, the, the dealing with basically the consequences of one's actions. And the fact that this was a child that was having to deal with this massive tragedy, the loss of his um, un uh, his uncle, as a direct result, actually, of his actions. You know, he had the power to stop this particular thing, and he didn't. And because of that, um, you know, there was this uh, knock-on effect. Now, when I was reading that, I was a child myself. And you know, no school teacher taught me about responsibility quite in the same way that this this character did this story. 
What about you guys? Did you guys have? I mean, when you were reading these books when you were younger, how did you approach it? And it, look, I'm I'm not saying that if if you did just consume it as just escapist fantasy that that's a, a negative. It absolutely isn't. But um, did any of this stuff influence the way you behave, the way you interacted with other people, and and you know just your own morality? Well, yes, I believe that uh, everything. Everyone says uh, that Peter Parker was the everyday guy. Mm. He, everybody could imagine that it was him. Yeah. Uh, back when I was, I, I was actually eight years old when I first read uh, Spider-Man. Right. And. When I read the Amazing Fantasy 15, it was like reading about myself. I was um, a kid that wasn't popular. Mm. Uh, I had a few friends. I had bullies at school. Yeah. And I saw that even though he had all these difficulties, he pushed through all his problems and faced everyday life yeah apart from the superheroics and the powers yeah. and everything else of course yeah so that gave me strength and it, peter parker actually became uh, the big brother i never had yeah yeah so, so i i learned lessons from him he became my moral compass yeah to help others if i have the power yeah then help don't tolerate injustice yeah. and all these things. Uh, actually, Spider-Man is my go-to myself yeah. Uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, I bet he is for a lot of people. Um, yeah. James, what about yourself, mate? I, I would just repeat what these two gentlemen have said, mm. to be perfectly honest with you, although I wouldn't say Spider-Man was my became a, a favourite character yeah. but um, there was just so much to choose from So, mm. I, uh, but yes I took away a great sense of morality from the comic books they definitely had an influence uh, on the shaping of my sort of my yeah. personal psyche as it were yeah he um, you know Stanley just going back again a little bit about how James, you were saying sort of um, at the beginning about we weren't necessarily aware of who the creators were or you know the process behind mm -hmm. this thing or who, who perhaps faces were. I mean, I remember seeing you know in the letters pages there was the the drawing of Stanley, the illustration, the comic book style drawing of him and stuff. But mm -hmm. um, I, you know, for me. Um, at the same time, I'm trying to think, actually, did I discover the cartoons before the comics? Probably not. But, you know, I remember his voice. You know, <laughs> you know, I remember him, his voiceover as the narrator on Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And, and I think even the Incredible Hulk cartoon, right? With the, uh, you know, that amazing yeah. the early That's 80s right. one. Yeah. And, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, I remember just thinking, oh... You know, he'd say, you know, he'd say, "Welcome back, true believers," and 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 he really made you feel like um, we knew him and that he was very much a part of our lives, even though there was this 
literal physical disconnect. Uh, you know, because you'd hear his voice, you'd see his characters come to life on the TV. Then we'd go to the books, the comic books, and, and he'd be there in the comics. And, and he'd be talking directly to us through the soapbox platform. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it, just, it really does feel like um, we've lost somebody who yeah, very much was a part of our lives, you know. Well, I, I believe he was actually family. He raised mm. us all. Yeah, mm-hmm. it what he's the one that connects us yeah. every every single one of us. Yeah, I would never have met you guys if it wasn't for this stuff, right? If it wasn't for yeah this comic, you know, this mutual love of comic books. I mean, I know James, we met uh, because we came to your show, but yes. the comic thing, comic con, I wouldn't have had that awareness if I wasn't into comic books. It's uh, I wonder if you could put a figure to. How many lives he's touched? That'd be incredible. Yeah, indeed. Guys, um, thank you so much. I know, uh, I know, it's been difficult to get together uh, at such short <laughs> notice and stuff, but um, right. it's been a pleasure as always. Mm-hmm. Thanks uh, for I will put some links and stuff uh, in the post, so if people wanna want to find you guys online and stuff um if they want to learn about edinburgh comic con uh and athens con you know they can and both are wonderful amazing shows uh well worth, actually worth, worth we're having a panel a tribute to stanley this year oh wow uh, yeah as we learned uh, for his death yeah we decided with andreas that with all the, our international guests that uh, knew him yeah to make a panel, a tribute, uh, the guests will share their stories, their experiences with Stan. Oh, wow. Yeah. You... I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll record it and yeah. then we'll put it online. Wonderful. I was just yes. going to ask, you guys going to film yeah. that? That's going to be incredible. I think uh, uh, Mark Wade and Howard Mackey have already confirmed. Oh, wonderful. And I think Tom Lyle will uh, be on the panel as well. Oh, nice! So, oh, gosh. and when when uh, is that? When when is the show again? Remind me. Uh, it's uh, the first and second of December. December, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. So I'll put links to that show as well. I know it's in Athens, but I tell you what, it's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful show, and it's a nice trip. Um, okay, so I'm just going to sign off um, with just one last with a quote, and I know this quote's being sort of batted around quite a bit now and uh, for good reason. I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers. And then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain, you're doing a good thing. Yep. Rest in peace, Stanley.